These sutras activate self-repair mechanisms because they're revealing to us our true identity. Self-regulation and self-repair is healing. Very spontaneously, the way you think changes, your emotions and feelings move to a higher level, your personal relationships move to a higher level. There is greater power of intention and everything that you intend becomes much more powerful. There is more freedom of choice, more creativity. We also find ourselves experiencing loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity or peace of mind. All this happens very spontaneously because we're getting in touch with that part of ourself that is inseparable from all that exists. Hello friends, day 14, bars closed. Back down from the mountains in Colorado in the city of Denver again, back to paying the meter. That's for sure. Fortunate enough to be staying at my dear friend Stephen Cindy's condo downtown, which has got a beautiful view of the clock tower, and they're projecting lights up on it at this time of the night. And it's Saturday night. The city's buzzing, people are moving around. There's a performing arts show with a comedian playing in droves of people cruising through the streets. There's hustling and bustling restaurants. It's, it's the post-new world. It looks like a, the new normal again, back to normal in a way down here in Denver. So I got to give you guys all that. That's pretty amazing. And I'm not out because I'm not drinking. <laughs> there really wouldn't be much more for me to do unless I had planned a, a live venue thing or something, but there really wasn't much going on. And, and so normally I would probably be out and talking and chatting and drinking a bit too much and making foolish conversation and enjoying the heck out of it. But here we are in sobriety and finding other things to do and staying productive and staying on track with our commitments and being here. So thank you for joining me again and keeping me on track. So I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit more on what I was saying before about the anxiety, you know, the kind of lifelong anxiety and brought up the question, you know, when you kind of ask yourself when you're day 14, a couple of weeks in, podcasts already out there, launch is done and you kind of go, who are you to do this and why are you doing this and why is it so important to make it to this podcast and why do you think it's worth any value to anybody else out there and who are you to do it kind of stuff. So your negative chatter comes in a little bit, you know, to, as you're, again, swimming in your sobriety and have so much time on your hands. Apparently I've, you know, according to my little app on the phone, I've earned 12 hours back and at least a couple hundred bucks. So that feels good for a couple of weeks. But, you know, anyway, so that, that kind of negative chatter starts to ask yourself the question. And the reality came to me very simple was that I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of the reasons why I was, you know, kind of maintaining a, consistent flowing buzz in my life and whatever means that was you know and however I was doing that that kind of I guess I should I'm going to say the word that that numbness you know that kind of like I said that shield that numbness that kept me you know at a certain level of the shallow end of the pool and didn't leave me in these sober places with too much time on my end and asking tough questions of myself and so I'm guessing I'm not alone in that right and that maybe there are other people out there who are having a similar experience. They kind of, you know, whatever it is, I don't have to paint the picture, but you get the idea. And so 
here I am feeling like, okay, I'm ready to carry on. And, and we all are facing whatever we're facing, like no matter what, you know, class system we're in, no matter what cultures we're living in, they're all different variations of it. We're all going through something. And I think truth is love. And the more we can step out of ourselves and, and into ourselves combined and be really honest with what we're struggling with, we don't have to hold it all to ourselves. We can speak more freely to others. Maybe we can ask for help more. So these are some of the things that come to mind when I think about doing this. And um, especially when you kind of maybe start to think, I'm going to run out of things to say. <laughs> but going back to the anxiety and stuff, I'm going to keep it short tonight. But, you know, it's a big word to, to really bring about. But the reality is I realize that, it, you know, there was that anxiety. There was that constant fear of the floor coming out kind of thing. Somebody pulling out the carpet underneath you. You know, the better it gets. You know, the harder, the longer, you know, more you're going to fall. All that, which was essentially what I realized was a very subliminal version of paranoia. And that I've essentially been paranoid for most of my life, right? Paranoid that the woman I love isn't going to love me back. Paranoid that, you know, the people that I, I count on won't come through. Paranoid that as hard as I work for my kids, something bad will happen to them. Paranoid at any number of aspects of my life that I really didn't have any reason to be paranoid about. And it made me think about a book that I read when I first got divorced, when Nikki and I first got divorced, and I was really hanging my head low. And I read this book called The Legacy of Divorce, and it was a 50-year study, the longest study of its time, trying to explain the nuances of what happens to children when they come from divorce versus, or the, you know, kind of the deltas, the differences between children who grew up from a divorced family versus children who grew up with a family who stayed together. And one of the things that it, by the end of the whole thing, and it sums it all up, it, it pretty much said what I'm saying. You know, it said that wherever these kids were in their life, in this marriage, there was mom and dad, and that was safe, and that was good, and that was right. And the world had some rose-colored glasses to it, and it felt special. And then mom and dad broke up, and the world was no longer special, and it was scary. And so you kind of, these kids who all grew up over this 50 years into adulthood, most of them projected the same thing I am, which is life is scary, and when you least expect it, you think everything's going good, everything's going to fall apart. Paranoia. One reason for drinking and staying out of the conversations with yourself. Good night.